Hello and welcome to episode eight of series three of Cherry Jam. Uh, it's just myself, Ed Price and Jim Harley uh, this evening, uh, mainly because Russ has run a marathon. Stupidly, I don't know why you'd do that, Jim. Yeah, why would you do that? Li- he literally ran a marathon. It wasn't like a like a long run. No. Um, why, why would you do that? Well, he's raising fantastic funds for Winston's Wish and I can think of no other reason that's worthy of uh, running that kind of distance in the heat that he did well done to him for doing so in what appeared to be an industrial estate in brighton yeah yeah wonderful wonderful views <laughs> wonderful views of fencing <laughs> yeah i think i saw i think i saw brighton palace you know the uh, the old uh, the old palace um uh once on one of his photos but i think i think they kind of finished there or start there i'm not sure where they uh, whether that's just a to con to con the people to run on it uh loz is still in crete um i think he's probably uh well, smashed yeah probably <laughs> um and uh snowy is probably doing some stupid amount of exercise or coming back from doing some stupid amount of exercise that's generally what he tends to do um yeah so it's just me and jim this evening we're going to talk about the well i'm going to talk about the coventry game because i went uh, and and sort of the experience of coventry uh, but before then we're going to talk about the european fixtures that have been announced um and gloucester are in the heineken challenge cup uh, with um, we've got Leon, Perpignan, Benetton, Treviso, and Newport, Jim's favourite place. Um, I, I love a trip to Newport. Well, we all yeah. To be fair, it is it's it's a nice easy one, isn't it? It's uh, like fifteen quid on the train and or ten hour on the train, whatever it is these days. And um, beers, beers, beers. Uh, and just to announce ahead of time, certainly I'm not sure about Snowy, but I know that. Um, well ahead of time that uh, there will be a cherry jam trip to Newport. I can confirm that. I think everyone is well up for that. Yeah, uh, I was just thinking actually just before um, I logged in to to record this. Are we going to do an overnighter? Because the last train back is quite late, kind of eleven p.m. So is it going to be an early start, early finish, or are we going to do an early start, late finish, early start for breakfast, go again, come home? I, I'm I'm probably gonna say i don't want to stay overnight in newport um <laughs> i think i think yeah. my desire to watch rugby isn't quite enough to warrant an overnight stay in an apocalyptic hellhole <laughs> no 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 you know no offense to people from newport the, but the thing the thing is you know given um brownie points and pangs sterling Mm. Um, if you, if as you are, you're going to Leon. Yes. Then, then actually, well, the fact you're taking your wife, you know, that's going to get you <laughs> points. But it's it's one of those things, isn't it? Actually, going to Newport, assuming it's not an evening game. And it, to be fair, even if it was an evening game, um, the the train times as they currently are should still just about allow it, which makes well, it a, just yeah. a fantastically cheap and easy option for an away trip. Yeah, I mean, the interesting thing about the Newport game, because obviously we've only got two away games, two home games, this is the sort of weird um, weirdness of the, of the new European group system. Um, the, the, the thing about the Newport, I've never, I think I've only ever watched us play Newport in the day once, and that was a pre-season friendly. Um, I think it was Peter Buxton's first game, possibly. I think he'd signed, we signed him from Newport. Um, was, and it was, was, this was, like, was this like early, really early 2000s? This was like 2000 and yeah, 2001, yeah. two, I think that sort of era. 
Um, and um, yeah, that's the only time I've ever been to Newport in the day. Every other time we played them, we've ended up playing in the evening. And we had the, the Anglo-Welsh game where we lost. There was an Anglo-Welsh game where we won quite comfortably. I think Big Lair's got a hat-trick or something. Um, I'll be honest, in both occasions, I've seen them in the evenings. I don't remember a lot of it because we were drinking quite a lot. So well, that's, really that's the trouble, it. isn't it? You get a lunchtime train. Yeah. And you have a few drinks, you have something to eat, you trundle down to the ground because it's probably, what, 25-minute walk from the yeah. centre of town? Yeah, if that. Um, I mean, it's really yeah. close. Um, and it just, it just makes it so, so simple because unlike Cardiff, the trains run late. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, you're only, and also you're not, I mean, it's not that far further, further on from uh, Newport, Cardiff, obviously. It's only, I think it's like another two stops, if that might have only be one stop. Um, but the, uh, it, it definitely it does seem to have, we do seem to have more trains. I don't know. Weird. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that'll be, that'll be an interesting one, the Newport game. Um, we've, so we've got Perpignan and uh, Benetton Treviso at home. And Leon away, which as Jim has already noted, I will be, well, hopefully, and everything keeps getting cancelled, but I have today, uh, recording this on the Monday, uh, I, I've booked uh, accommodation of flights. And I have to be honest, um, it's it's a particularly busy time of the year for Leon. It's the um, Festival, of, Festival of Light or Fête de Lumière. I think you're going to be, Ooh. I know, exciting. Uh, Trayvon. Yeah, um, as uh, as Dalboy would say, um, Bonnet de douche. Um, anyway, the um, it's yes, yeah, so we've got. Uh, I think I think the flights were reasonable as well. They weren't they weren't horrendous. I mean, we're going from Gatwick because it's just it was the cheapest way of doing it, ironically, from Gatwick. Um, and I think it was around about ninety pound return if you get the certain times Friday to Monday. Um, and then accommodation. I would say the accommodation is quite pricey comparatively. Um, you can find some cheap accommodation in Leon, but as Jim might testify, probably best not to. As Jim has been to Leon before, so what? What would you? Uh, what, what were your experiences of Leon? Um, so I went to. I stayed in Leon. In what year would that have been? Two thousand three, two thousand four, sort of time. Yeah. Uh, when we played Bourguin. Um and I think we were just looking to stay in Bourguin and there was zero accommodation because it was full of Gloucester supporters already. We were a little <laughs> bit late. To, we bought flights, but we were a bit late to the accommodation party. So we thought, well, Leon's only down the road. We'll stay there. There was um, three or four of us and we, we'll hire a car. So we just went, oh, we'll just get a cheap hotel. And we were in the Bronx, I think. <laughs> if there is such a thing in Leon. Um, Le Bronx. Yeah, it wasn't mm. great. Um, and it was just, I just remember concrete and I know the French love their concrete, but there was, mm. it was just concrete, concrete everywhere. Um, and, and kebab shops that didn't, well, the French don't understand vegetarian cuisine, um, which is why my wife hates going there. But in, <laughs> in perfect French, she asks for a vegetarian kebab, just the salad, please. And they hide the chicken underneath the salad. So she, she has a really tasty kebab for about, two minutes and then i get three quarters of a kebab extra so that works out quite nicely um but yeah she's not keen to go again and um i doubt very much whether i'll get the green light to join you to be honest ed um i've done i, I do quite well with um, with trips here and there and uh, i probably won't push it well no i mean you, you are going you are going to france in 2023 for like 
two non-consecutive weekends so we'll we'll, we'll uh... yeah we're, well the thing is i'm not sure if she knows that that day oh okay and she's not she's not a listener so i can say what i like but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's weird isn't it because when you plan something that many years ahead i've known about it for years so i just assume that my wife knows about it but it probably will be a shock to her when i disappear on that thursday afternoon saying yeah. oh, well, i'm going to the world cup did you not know no, and as and for for our listeners who don't know, Jim has got form of this. Uh, for my stag do, uh, when I picked him up from when we picked him up from his house, um, the first that his good lady wife Emma knew about it was when he was walking out the door, um, which <laughs> uh, yeah. was an See you on Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> um, so that was an entertaining start for my stag do. But anyway, the um, going back to Leon, uh, I, I like the fact I like the fact that you went to what um, on many counts are, is the gastronomic capital of the world and at a kebab and also you managed to find the really concrete bit of Lyon in a city which is famed for its uh, renaissance medieval architecture uh, it's got like two it's got two uh, UNESCO world heritage bits of it because of its medieval centre honestly we had we had a, a Renault Kangoo I remember it vividly um, my friend Liz hired it and Emma was a named driver I wasn't um, I asked I asked to have a go and I asked to have a go and I asked to have a go because I'd never driven on the continent at that point and they wouldn't let me drive it um, which to be fair was probably best because I mm. think I was probably over the limit every <laughs> every hour of the weekend but um, it, yeah it, we didn't we didn't really do anything we went to Grenoble the one day because we thought that we might see Ludo because he was playing at home yeah fact, no it can't have been 2003 it must have been later than that 2005 I think he went to they went he went he left Gloucester at the end of 2004 maybe it was the second I think it was we played Borgwana a couple of times did we we played him like three times yeah, yeah. anyway so yeah we, I remember going to Grenoble because Ludo was supposed to be there and we drove around Grenoble we didn't even find the stadium <laughs> um, but but it turned out with as much um, really bad mobile phone internet and um, poor French with locals that didn't understand what we were on about. That actually Grenoble were away that weekend. Oh. <laughs> um, so, so, the, so, but we had a lovely trip around Grenoble. Mm. Um, you know, it was just, it was, it was kind of, it was one of those trips where all we needed was someone that had been there before. Yeah, yeah. To, to show us around, and I think that can be said for a lot of uh, a, a lot of places. I mean, if you were go to go to a Leinster match. You could get lost in Dublin and all the tourist rubbish. Yeah. Um, and you miss all the really, really good stuff. Uh, and I think that's that's something that the, the the KSM and just Gloucester supporters in general, if you're kind of with a with a decent sized group, you, you can get shown those hidden gems, be it pubs and restaurants or, um, you know, World Heritage sites and stuff that you might <laughs> otherwise not know anything about. Well, yeah, I mean, as, as you know, myself, uh, Loz, um, Russ, and uh, Snowy and Will, our friend Wills, all went to Lyon a couple of years ago, 2016, for the European finals. So we did our, I've done a bit of sort of research ahead of the time, ahead of time. Um, and I mean, to be honest, we didn't really explore a huge amount of Lyon. I will be honest, um, the, the, the fact that we drove down didn't help because that meant like that first day was an absolute write-off because we were all knackered. Um, and it's, it's busy. I mean, it's the second busiest city in in France, it is, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, it, and, yeah. and the traffic is Parisian, isn't it? I mean, it's it's chaos. 
the yeah i mean we, yeah we, we were lucky because we were on where we were funny enough where i booked to stay um this time is the hotel next to where i stayed last time but it's just a nicer hotel because i'm taking my wife um and um that part of leon actually isn't too bad in terms of traffic he wasn't uh, from my memory as we drove in he wasn't um it wasn't too horrendous it was pretty good um but this time we're flying uh and we're going to get all the public transport the whole weekend and one thing i would say if any Gloucester fans are listening who are going um to leon or are planning to go to leon um the public transport in leon as for most european cities is brilliant uh, there's a tram there's an underground network there's a you know there's a subway system um there's taxis there's buses the buses are fantastic i have to be honest there's loads of buses um and um yeah we you know us lads managed to get around without any problems at all uh we even hired some like little equivalent to their boris bikes uh and and, and rode down to uh to the fan park because if you had the, the the final there that probably won't be there this time Oh, I would be very surprised if there's any sort of celebration that Gloucester are playing in Leon. Um, but the uh, but overall, it's a wonderful city. Again, the the the, the gastronomic side of Leon is world famous. I think there's 21 Michelin star restaurants in Leon, which is just crazy when you think a city the size of, well, roughly the size of Birmingham. Uh, I don't think Birmingham's got 21 uh, Michelin star restaurants. Um, one. It might, yeah. I don't know how many, how many how many Michelin stars the curry houses normally yet, but the, I mean you know there's not uh, there's not there's not many there's a there's a couple of curry houses that have got one. There's one in London, it's, isn't there? And and Birmingham's probably one of the places that might have one of those. If you're going to go for a curry, I definitely recommend going to Birmingham. It's it is it's a very good place to get curry. But yeah, I think if you're going to you know you're comparing what Leon to British cities, it's equivalent to the size of Birmingham, maybe a slit slightly bigger. Um, but it is, uh, it's, it's a very different city, shall we say. Um, in a good the, way. <laughs> in a very good, well, yeah, in a very good way. Um, but yeah, it'll be an interesting group. I mean, what's your sort of initial thoughts on it, Jim? I mean, you'd expect really, because we only have to finish third. Yeah, my, my initial thoughts were, was I expecting this announcement? Well, I was, but I was expecting there to be South African sites. <laughs> yeah, so um, I, was, I was kind of thinking, you know, I was expecting it to come. I wasn't expecting it on that day at that time no. it was kind of a little bit sudden um because normally i mean normally i'm all kind of preset with all the various um airlines kind of preloaded on my computer ready to start firing in a, um you know airports and, mm. uh, and and trying to book stuff before prices go through the roof and that wasn't really it wasn't it wasn't on my radar at all that the, the, the dates um and the, and the fixtures were coming out um you know now um yeah. but then when they did and i saw them i just thought oh that's actually not a bad draw uh clearly perpignan have the potential to be incredibly good uh, leon are incredibly good and we're going to them first mm. up so that's going to be tough um but it's kind of you lose your first game away, you win you win a couple of games at home, and then we, and then it's our it's our last game, isn't it? To, yeah, to strike Newport. So, so the way I'm the way I Rodney Parade, it, not Straddy. Oh yeah, sorry, stupid me. Um, <laughs> thank you. Um, yeah, so the way I'm thinking about it is we sh- we could and probably should have won our two home games. I think if we've got any real aspirations in the tournament, 
Um, and you'd hope that maybe Perpignan are one of those sorts of French sides that will concentrate their efforts on the league. Uh, that we can go, we can go to Newport, and a win will be enough to yeah. see us through. And I think if if we go with that um, with, with that understanding, then we'll take a really good take a really good side, and we'll beat a team that on paper we should beat. Uh, uh, and you know, when once you're in the knockout stages, anything can happen. Yeah, it's an, it is an interesting format. Um, there's three, so there's five, there's obviously five teams in each group. Um, each team plays four games, two away, two home. Um, and then there's going to be weeks where other teams are playing and Gloucester aren't, which is a bit. It's going to be a bit odd. Um, and the other thing to bear in mind, of course, is that, as I said, Jim, there was that it's the top three qualify, and you'd have to be honest in a group including the likes of Newport and Benison Treviso and Perpignan, who I think have only just got re-promoted or finished quite low last year in the French League if they were in the top 14. I don't, I don't remember is the honest answer. But they, you know, They've got other concerns, haven't they? Yeah, let's be honest. You know, they've been bouncing around up and down the last few years. Um, and even Leon, you know, think, we talk about Leon having a really decent side, but um, they, were very, they were very hit and miss last year, hence why they finished in the Challenge Cup positions. Um, you know they absolutely battered us in in Leon, but we put a, we put like an academy side out that game. Um, you know, and I would have liked to have seen us play a more um, senior side. And that's another thing I have to be honest. Obviously, we've booked this. I've booked this to go to Leon under the expectation that we're probably going to play an academy side because we always seem to do that in Europe at the moment. Um, and and it's more of a nice weekend away into, with a ruined by a rugby game probably. Um, but, you know, you hope to think that we'll take it relatively seriously. You want to get wins and you're about. It's a good way to um, create momentum. If you can yeah, I mean, to be honest, games. like um, Benetton actually could be could could be the, the, the toughest fixture um, in that in that group because they are not a bad side by any stretch. They seem to take these European fixtures quite seriously. And you know they, they've they've had some real scalps, haven't they? Did they beat Bath? No, they Bath, they ne- they nearly very beat Bath. very they were, beat yeah Bath they should have beaten ago. Bath a couple of years ago. The one that I mean I think that they've beaten they beaten Bristol. I think they've beaten Newcastle. I've got a feeling they've beaten Worcester. Uh, I think London Irish as well. Gloucester have never lost to an Italian side, to my knowledge. Um, and to be honest, I'm, we've never really even been danger of losing to. I think yeah. the closest I mean, we ever got I, was when we played Rome, but. Yeah. I, I, I really I really enjoyed it when I went um, when I when I went because we that was another one where we stayed in Venice mm. and then got the train to Treviso uh, and that was that was a really good weekend actually we stayed in a what was an Airbnb before Airbnb was a thing it was kind of just a random person's house with loads of extra rooms <laughs> and uh, God knows how we found it. Um, because it's kind of before that thing was advertised on the internet, but we found it somehow. My friend went on the Thursday and somehow didn't get us all kicked out before we arrived on the Friday because he's um, he's quite a drinker. And he introduced himself to the family. And, and it was great because the family actually left the house. They, moved, they, went, they were going on holiday for the weekend and they left their house in the, um, in the care of their teenage children. And they've got um, Gloucester fans. 
uh, and and us. So it was like a, it was a, I think it was a nine, an eighteen and a nineteen year old um, Italian brother and sister that were kind of trying to control me, uh, a couple of drunken mates, my wife uh, and another friend, and and it was brilliant because I mean it was it was wandering around Venice in the middle of the night, not knowing where you're going, finding some crazy German karaoke bar and, and things like that. And then on the, on the Saturday, jumped on a train. It was about 50 minutes, I think on the train mm-hmm. um, to Treviso. But like you said earlier, Ed, you know, um, public transport on the continent, I think it cost us about three euro or something. You mean, um, you, was... you, mean you paid? <laughs> yeah. Because it, most of the Italians don't. <laughs> Yeah, well, it was three euros, so I thought, why not? Um, might as well, uh, yeah. yeah, and it was on time and it was clean. Uh, and, yeah, in we go. Have, have a great day out in, uh, in Treviso and then, and then jump on the train back to Venice. Uh, so that, that could be that could be an option, actually. I mean, uh, we're not mi- playing them away, though, unfortunately. Oh, no, of course we're playing them at home, aren't we? Yeah, um, that's, the, that's the unfortunate... This is the, this is the unfortunate thing, though, because when I looked at the... When, I, when those fixtures came yeah, out... you see them, you go, oh, that'd be a great trip, oh. Yeah, yeah. When those fixtures... So I've never been to Perpignan. I mean, the Perpignan game, that, that was quite a famous game. It was the year that we lost. We It was the Munster... Yeah, you know, miracle that, match. That was the 2003, wasn't it? Yeah, and we played Perpignan... Um, Away, and I think we we nearly got a bone. We nearly finished within. Um, within we nearly seven. finished with. Yeah, I'm not sure, but the bonus points counted. To be honest, but we would have. I think if we got one more score, we would have. That would have probably put us over the top anyway. And Munster wouldn't have that whole we, issue. Wouldn't have had an option. Wouldn't have happened. But it's the closest that I'm. I'm aware. It's the closest of to a kind of a football match uh, atmosphere. And yeah. yeah, you know, it was pretty. It was pretty intense, shall we say. Um, and and it was quite early thing. days of Gloucester in Europe, really, mm. wasn't it? Uh, I th- yeah. I, yeah. I, I, you, you hear the, hear the stories um, of, oh, God, Perpignan, oh, yeah. And I think they, they used to do flights from, um, from Staverton to Perpignan. Something like that, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I know you can, and then, you know, there's, if you... Fly into Perpignan. There's a, a town down the road called Carcassonne, and if you're a if you're a film buff, it's where they filmed um, all of the exterior shots for Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Oh, that's, really? Yes, that stood in for Nottingham. Um, so, and it's a, it's an incredibly again, if you Google Carcassonne, it's an amazing sort of medieval walled city. But um, yeah, it's a shame. I, I think it would have been nice to have the opportunity to go to these other places, but obviously they've got to try and fit it in within COVID and obviously within the season and they've got to do a lot of things here. So it's, um, it's yeah, there's a lot of squeeze, but there's a massive, massive gap, isn't there? Is yeah. it November, December, January, April? We've, uh, no, I think it's even, we've got the first round of fixtures, which is December. I think there's a game the following weekend, I believe. Then it's, uh, then it's January, but we're not playing in January. Oh, one of the, we're not playing in, it's, I think it's the second or third game we're not playing in, and then it finishes in April in the uh, um, in Newport. It is a really weird competition this year um, in terms of the in terms of the the gaps and the, the number of games and and where it's. Um, oh yeah, so it's um, yeah we're away to Leon the weekend of December 10, 11, 12. Yeah, and then we're home to Treviso the weekend, the following weekend, seventeenth. 
yeah. sort of week, you know, prime shopping uh, weekend, uh, the weekend before Christmas. Uh, and then was it uh, in January? Yeah, we haven't got a game in the January. We haven't got so I've got. I've got no, that's our diary. that's our buying yeah. week. Euro Euro Rugby Challenge Cup TBC. I've got mm. in my calendar, so I may as well delete that. We're not so that's a that's a that's a bye week for Gloucester. Work. Yeah, that's a bye week for Gloucester. Um, and then the following weekend, the twenty first, twenty second, twenty third, uh, we've got um, Gloucester Perpignan. I've got. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. And then there's a big gap then until and then, um, and then yeah, big big gap. Um, as I'm flicking through my diary. Uh, Newport on um, 8th, 9th, 10th of April. Yeah, which is a ridiculously long gap between, you know, where you, you might, you know, that's a lot of time to build up to a game that could be, you know, pretty yeah. pivotal for your season. Yeah, and then actually I've got, in my, I've got in the diary here for Easter weekend, another Euro Rugby Challenge Cup TBC. So that can't be another bye weekend, can it? No, we've only got, there's only five teams in the group. Yeah. So I don't know what that is. Um, no idea. I put, I put all these dates in my diary, like when everything was first announced. I stick everything in TVCs. Mm. Um, but yeah. Oh, and then and then the week after that, we've got Bristol away. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's going to be an interesting. Yeah, be. I think it'll be an interesting tournament. I, you, you Gloucester traditionally done well in the Challenge Cup. It's almost felt that we are too good for the Challenge Cup, not good enough for the Champions Cup. Um, well, so if we were the last... too good for the Challenge Cup, we'd win it every single time. I mean, we did pretty well in it every single we, time. Well, we were getting we? to... We, we was it? We were, I think, three finals out of four years or something like that. Um, and, yeah, I, I just... We, we've always taken it relatively seriously up until recently. And you'd hope to think we'll start taking it seriously again because I, I do think it's a really good opportunity to... Div- develop momentum and develop um, players, give opportunities to players might be on the fringe, but you sprinkle in some senior players um, and then we'll see how we get on. Um, we're going to pause now and then we're going to come back. We're going to talk about the Coventry game or my experiences, of the Coventry game. Jim will um, might ask, ask some questions of me. Uh, and then we're going to end with a bit of discussion about the women's team. We, 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 uh, we forgot to mention their fantastic victory in week one. The really, uh, so, really expected victory in week one. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, unfortunate defeat in week two, which um, there, were a bit of, there was a bit of controversy that Jim is uh, going to allude to. And we're back, and we're going to talk about the Coventry game. Well, I'm going to talk about the Coventry game. Jim may ask some additional questions as we do, but I, I thought I'd... Um, just sort of start off with my experiences of the ground. Um, it's the Butts Park Arena. No sniggering in the back. Thank you very Catchy. much. Catchy, Catchy yeah. title. Um, and it's it's kind of weird. You come off a you come off a, a roundabout. You turn right, and then it's on. It's just this sort of it appears on your right hand side as you're um, as you're driving down the road. And um, big car park. It's sort of raised above you as you as you walk up to the ground. There's a big one, big large stand. Uh, in blue and white. I think this probably holds about 4,000. And then the rest of the, or 3,000, and then the rest of the ground is just flat level, um, a little bit of terracing behind one of the one of the ends, um, some hospitality at the other end. But again, ground level, no no sort of standing area. 
And then across the road is a very small stand with um, some just sort of terracing either side of it, really not particularly developed. Um, but ironically, it sounds a bit pokey, but if you, when you're there, it feels far more uh, developed than say Ealing was. Um, and um, they've got an artificial pitch as well, Coventry. Um, How was it in comparison to Ealing's? Better. Oh. Yeah, better than Ealing's. Not as good as Gloucester's. I will, you know, I think that, that's going to be quite difficult to, to match, I think. But um, better than Ealing's. Seem to seem to bounce. The bounce is pretty true from what I can see. I didn't see any weird, too much of a weird bounce. Um, there wasn't that. I didn't notice any sort of grazes or injuries, etc., um, that were being um, noted. Oh, that's um, that, that's that's good. That you know, they. It's weird, isn't it, that we've got a couple of teams in in the championship that have got these artificial pitches, um, and. I don't know. If, I don't know if it's the way forward. Obviously, we've got one now. Um, the truth, the truth will be told in the next five years whether all the all the Premiership teams all start getting them. But they're definitely trickling in, aren't they? I think um, maybe we we've got one and we're going to use it a lot more, and that's kind of a financial thing. And the Championship teams definitely have to think about their their training areas and that sort of thing so it, it could be something that we see more of in the championship than the premiership possibly yeah i think this, it, the difference with the championship is and unlike gloucester who are using it and it's an elite surface or is it, it's going to be you're only going to be on it if you're playing rugby or if you're going to be playing um you know for the, for the women playing the rugby there's not you're not going to have guys like me playing five-side football on a thursday night like they do at gloucester city for example on their surface um, I think you can use it. There's a far more community use in the Ealing and the uh, Coventry model in terms of what they're going to be able to use it for. They're also, I think Coventry share it with a, uh, some sort of, I think it might be University obviously Coventry football, um, possibly there's a rugby league, I think some rugby league as well. Um, so the, there's multi-use to the facility, yeah. um, which again, we're not going to have that Gloucester. Um, what is interesting though was the crowd. I have to be honest. So it was a really decent crowd. Um, the main stand was was pretty full. I think there was a bit. Oh of... right, okay. Because because at Ealing, it was well, no one there. A, was a relatively small capacity, but hardly anyone was there. They, they had a quite quite a big um, stand behind the posts that had about four people in. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. so Cov, Cov had quite a few. He's really well. I don't. I don't know what the capacity, what the crowd was. I want to say it's probably sort of three and a half thousand, maybe, maybe a little bit less. But it, I, I thought, I thought it was a really decent crowd, a great atmosphere. Um, the uh, the crowd around us, particularly, we were right on the halfway line. The crowd around us were were knowledgeable. Um, they they kind of knew what they were talking about. There was a bit of one eyed banter, but you know that's to be expected, and I thought it was fine. Nothing, nothing too silly. Um, and, and and one thing I would say about it was, it just felt like a proper rugby club. Whereas when we went to Ealing, although I don't doubt the support of the sort of hardcore Ealing supporters, it, that felt like a kind of a very junior club who've managed to get a decent backer and have found themselves in a position they're probably not really expecting. Whereas Coventry is a traditional rugby club with a hardcore support who I, I felt would sit quite nicely alongside other premiership teams you know they were, it was it was like going to a 
to be honest, it was like going to a Quinns game from sort of 25 years ago. Um, yeah. in, you know, well, like, it, a, like a Newcastle crowd or something. Yeah, like that. or a London Irish crowd or something like that. Or, or Sale at Hayward Road is a good, is a, probably the best actually. Oh, yeah. um, you know, the old, the old ground. Um, and it was, it was a really enjoyable experience. You know, that the, the um, the, the the tannoy was loud so it wasn't just Gloucester you have to deal with that it was quite a loud uh, it was quite loud um but it was yeah it was an enjoyable experience enjoyable day uh Coventry surprised me as a place you know we, we talk about doing oh yeah because you you were saying that it's it's really the stadium's really close to the city centre it's yeah it's about 15 minute walk I think you probably make it 10 if you want to be a bit more brisk um you've got to go under some very interesting 1960s uh underpasses um, so yes, there is, uh, you know, as our as Russ, who went to university there, will probably attest, there is a bit of 1960s brutalism about Coventry, which is not to be unexpected. It's not to be unexpected when the bear in mind the Germans bombed the crap out of it in the Second World War. Um, but what I did find quite interesting was there was, you know, as you walk into the centre of Coventry, there's these large precincts, shopping precincts, um, very pleasant. Um, obviously, it's the current, it's currently the UK capital culture. Um, so there was a lot of stuff going on for that uh, when we were in in Coventry, um, and there was you know lots of restaurants, lots of bars, lots of pubs. It was really busy. You know, if you go into Gloucester, if you go into Gloucester on a Saturday afternoon when there's a rugby game on, it can other than Gloucester fans, it can actually be quite dead. Uh, Keys is often busy, but the city centre is pretty quiet. Whereas Coventry, pretty busy. It was a quite um, an it was very uh, very lively. Um, and it was nice, just lots, you know, very multicultural. Um, it was, yeah, I was quite pleasantly surprised by Coventry. Had a very nice meal, had went to a, a pub um, just next to the cathedral. I think it's called the Golden Cross. Would recommend it. It was very good. Some decent beers in there. Uh, and then you're a footstep away from uh, the old cathedral and the new cathedral. So that's, you know, you have a wander around there for, for 25, 30 minutes, as you wish to. It's quite pleasant. Um, and then back to the game. Um, the game itself... Uh, Gloucester obviously fielded a very young side. I mean, it was it was a, a very well. It was an academy side sprinkled with a bit of um, which, which seems seems to be the theme for preseason, doesn't it? That there's we we all we talked about it like last week and the week before, and we were really well. I was really expecting this game to be first fifteen, yeah, uh, and you know let's let's work on. 99% this is what the starting 15 is going to be next week and go with that at least for 40 minutes and it wasn't that at all no it wasn't at all so the standout players on the day were Jason Woodward at fullback looked really really I mean you can tell his level is above the level he was playing uh, he looked very lively very good I thought Jacob Morris was excellent again he seems to have stood out this preseason. I think I've been I've been really impressed by his by him, he he um, again looked a different class on the pitch. Um, George Barton, apart from his kicking, surprisingly, where we, we kind of got used to him slotting everything. Um, first half kicking, particularly, was a very was a little bit hit and miss. I mean, in his defence, he was a strong wind, and he was having to kick it from touch every time, pretty much. But um, he, you know, we we were expecting him to slot a few of those. What was a bit of a concern was the number of times, again, it was a young back row, uh, apart from Ben Morgan, I should say. First half, Ben Morgan really stamped his authority on it and he came off, um, I think it was half time. 
but there were a number of times where their back row basically just ran through us. Um, and um, that was a little bit concerning, you know, big, powerful guys running hard and then they'd break a tackle and then they were in. Um, second half, that happened quite a lot. Certainly when Ben Morgan went off, um, that did happen, did, did occur quite a lot. Uh, another player who did stand out and actually was someone we spotted down at Ealing was a chap called Seb Blake. He's a young lad. Um, who's a hooker and um, where I was sat in the, the main stand um, I don't know whether they were the Hartbury lads or some just mates but they seemed to be a little fan club of him and every time he made a tackle they were roaring their appreciation but he had a brilliant game um, there was one one missed line out at the end of the first half where um, it wasn't actually his fault the, the lifter basically missed the lift um, and uh, and the, so the jumper massively under it looked quite funny actually um, but it yeah, has, that was, has the potential to be quite hideously uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, I imagine. Um, but yeah, so that was the only sort of blot on his copybook. He scored a try. He made some decent tackles. He's only a, he's only a relatively small guy, um, but he I thought he he impressed. I thought he looked really good. Um, Todd Gleave came on at eight again, um, which uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gurning. I'm gurning. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to be harsh, but he's not an eight. Uh, I mean, he's barely a professional rugby player, really, I think, in some people's eyes, um, which I think is a bit harsh, but he's not an eight. Um, and unfortunately, again, our favourite Russian struggled in the scrum. Uh, he, got, he got binned, didn't he? He got binned. Uh, I mean, Was, be, was uh, that for not being able to scrummage? No, that was for, I believe, not rolling away on the line or putting a hand in the right. There was some, I, it was very difficult. The referee, I have to be honest, wasn't great with his signals. Um, at one point, we had to ask the touch judge what the scrum was for. Um, and uh, and was, you know what? I, know, I, I said this last week, didn't I, about him, that you know, I don't know how good his English is, but I doubt there's many in the squad who speak fluent Russian. So as a player... If you don't really understand what a referee is saying, you need to know what their hand actions are to communicate. And, and I, I'm guessing as well that you've got you know different referees with accents and things like that. It's gonna be it's gonna take him a good while to pick up on working out what people are saying and what that means for him. And what he's allowed to not do, or more importantly, stop doing. Yeah, I think. I mean, to be fair, the the the, the sim milling, I think, was just. I don't think he needed a lot of language skills on that one. I think he, what he was doing, he knew was he shouldn't have been doing. He was um, being a naughty boy. He'd been a naughty boy on the floor with the ball in hand when he shouldn't have been. So I think that was fair enough. Um, I was a bit disappointed. I was hoping to see that maybe it's been a case of just acclimatizing with the the scrum and that he's. Um, it's, you know, it's a different style and all the rest of it. But he's given free kicks away again. I think he gave a penalty away. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's difficult to judge. And I, I'm trying to keep an open mind. But unfortunately, so far, I think he's given six penalties away and a free kick. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was 40 points to 50, wasn't it, the final score? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, they and scored. That, and ship, shipping 40 points, that sounds like a lot to me. Well, it was a lot. Yeah, I mean, it was a lot. But again, I would say that you've got to remember that the second half, particularly, there were a lot of younger players playing against senior Coventry players. And Coventry, the Coventry back row when they at the end was enormous. I mean, it really was huge. And these guys were, were 
they're, they're, they were playing, unlike Ealing, who were playing kind of an Exeter style of rugby, which was bash, 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 bosh, 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 then get it out wide. Coventry were trying to go wide early, um, for certainly the first half. And um, after the first, after you kind of adjusted to that, we looked fine defensively to a point. You get the odd one where the guy will run through and it's, um, and it's a good pass or a good step or something like that. And that, you, that, that can always happen. But it, when they kind of then adopted more of the Ealing strategy, which is to go through the middle a bit more, we did look a bit vulnerable. Um, but we've not seen our first choice back row out yet. We've not seen Lewis Ludlow at all, um, who is renowned for his tackling. So my, it's difficult to judge on that side of things. There wasn't, unlike against Ealing, where they were kind of bursting through the centres um, and, and making holes there, having Georgie Kavazladzi, I think that's we're going to go with that. That's about well as good. I think that was quite good. That I'm quite pleased with that. Uh, but yeah, he um, he he had a decent game again. Didn't show a lot in attack. Looked quite organised in defence. Um, and again, the, the other thing, one thing I would say is that both scrum halves played really well. I thought so. We had um, Chapman on in the first half, and then Varney came on in the second half. Chapman. Um, had, Put a brilliant, brilliant little dart in the first half to, to um, set up a try where uh, he took a quick tap, burst through, kicked ahead, uh, and then we grounded it um, on uh, just on just the other side of the post. Uh, I'm hoping little highlights will come up because there were some actually really decent tries. Uh, oh, that would be nice to, to, to see a bit of it. Yeah. And, that, so and actually, that, that's, that's uh, I don't know whether you finished talking about um, <laughs> the Kov game, but that's actually... Quite quite a good way to start talking about scrum halves, because it um, yeah true it 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 was um, announced today wasn't it that uh, Joe Simpson's off to Saracens on loan for a month, much yes. to the uproar uh, on social media, uh, and I just can't I can't understand what the problem is I really can't is 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 he not our highest paid scrum half yes and yes. we're trying to save money. Yeah, uh, and and, and, yeah. A, and another team wants to pay your salary. Well, I mean, the interesting thing is, so a lot of people assume that a lot, a lot of people have assumed that Saracens will be paying the whole of his salary. Yeah, they might not be. Which yeah. is not how loans normally work. Well, they don't work out in football. It's normally percentage. They, 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 they offer a certain amount of money for a certain player. Yeah, percentage and, of, and it, of wages, and it, isn't it? And it may yeah. cover more than the salary or less than the salary. I assume. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not, it's normally percentage of the wages, say, you can start at, you know, it might be 10% or or up to 90%. It depends on the, the deal. Uh, I would assume that rugby might be a little bit more simple um, and that it might be that Saracen just, uh, the, the way that the cap works, uh, that Saracens might have a little bit more under their cap, ironically. Um, and uh, we'll be able to say, okay, we're going to spend a bit more on Joe Simpson for a month. As you said, he's not the first choice scrum half. I mean, let's be honest, he, he isn't. Um, he's played the least number of minutes of the scrum halves this preseason. Yeah. Well, this preseason. I mean, there's let alone 12 months, but this preseason, he's, he's played 40 minutes around that sort of time. Every other scrum half's played more than 40 minutes. Um, he was, I think, the least impressive, unfortunately. You know, against against Ealing, he he didn't have his best game. Uh, away that is um, and I've been really encouraged by the form of Chapman and Varney you know the way that they're moving the ball that they're quite nippy around the base the, the speed of pass 
Um, and Mian obviously offers something a little bit different. He offers a sort of the Heinz level, you know, that Heinz type style controlled player. Um, and we've got, and, you know, if we if we desperately need another scrum off, we've got one in um, the young lad who played um, a few loan games last season. He's oh, at Harbury, yeah. isn't he? End, end of the season, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So I, 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 I'm not too worried, really. Um, I, I think, I think. If if Simpson's contract had expired at the end of the season, we wouldn't have tried to extend it, and we wouldn't have tried to replace him. No, um, uh, and that's just because the way we're balancing the books and things like that, and um, you know George is trying to keep the average player age down. We do, is he thirty three? We don't want players, you know that command that salary and are that old we we're looking we're looking for players that are 25 uh, and a bit cheaper which is which is a bit sad because there's poten- the potential for really really good players out there that we we're turning turning away but um i think that's just the the reality of the situation yeah it's 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 a difficult one for people like george givington because no doubt joe simpson is uh, and has been a class player um, but you don't want to block the opportunities of the younger players. And we've got two scrum halves in Varney and Chapman who are excellent. And there's a little bit more pressure in, in making sure they get game time and feel that they want to stay at the club because both of them can, in theory, I mean, Varney's in the Italian number nine now. He's the Italian scrum half. He could find him that, you know, Benetton Treviso, for example, or Zebra say, oh, well, we're going to pay you X amount of money and you get to live in Venice or trivia. I mean, let's be honest, you know, I think that live the chance to live in the Veneto versus to live in Gloucester. Cheltenham. Cheltenham. It's a difficult one, but you know I mean? It's, 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 I, I find it difficult to have be that disappointed with Joe Simpson as well. We haven't seen a lot of him, you know, he's been injured. He had that, he'd been, unfortunately got an injury in last, se- in yeah. last it's, season. It's definitely a bit, it's a bigger loss to have lost Willie Hines. Willie Hines played really, really yeah. well for us um, and proved that he was worth the money and all the rest of it. Whereas Simpson came with far more pedigree than, than Hines did. And through injury and lack of opportunity and, you know, all manner of other things, um, hasn't set the world alight in Gloucester. Um, a couple of really, really good performances when he has mm. had the chance. But, you know, that, and that's because nine's such a specialist position. You know, you, 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 you don't need, unless you have injuries, you don't need them in your squad. Uh, no. And, I, and, and exactly. that's, where, that's where the likes of Saracens... Who have only got a, a couple, of, you know? All of a sudden, oh, we we need another one because we've got some injuries, and mm. and so they go on the on the prowl and, and and get someone on loan like like Simpson. So so actually, it's kind of the sort of it's the sort of player that you go right. Well, we'll loan him out, and potentially if he plays well for Saracens, Saracens might want to keep him. And Gloucester, I'm quite sure, will say that'll do nicely. Um, and if Simpsons getting game time where previously he wasn't, he'd probably be more than happy to, 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 to stay. Yeah. Um, the one thing I would say, and this is just something I've noticed on social media, and I get, I do get, believe me, I understand the antipathy 
and the resentment towards Saracens. It's justified and it's warranted. But guys, we need to kind of let it go now. It's they they've they they were punished. They've served the punishment. Now you can argue whether the punishment was enough, but they've served that punishment. They've got promoted. They're back in the league. People were saying that we shouldn't be helping them out as a club. Well, end of the day, if they're, they're helping paying, us, <laughs> they're helping us to a point. Uh, is number one. And at the end of the day, they're not going to go anywhere. They're here to stay. They're not. They're not going to get dissolved. They're not going to disappear off the face of the earth. Um, they're going to be a force in rugby again for a few years' time. I think the natural thing, the natural way of these things, is that probably if they hadn't have been punished and they'd remained in the Premiership and had kept all of those wonderful players and 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 the depth that they had, they would have formed a uh, you know an American parlance here a dynasty that would have lasted for a decade and a, and more. You know they would have become the Manchester United or the Manchester City of, of rugby. But I do think that the way that the system is kind of nearly tightened up now, they can't get away with that anymore. They will have to, players will have to leave. Uh, and you've also got to remember that the likes of people like um, Vunapola, uh, Farrell, um, Daly, they're all getting on a bit now. You know, they've got maybe three, two or three years left, probably. Um, and Yeah, and this, is, this is where the Saracens Academy is really, really going to come to the fore, isn't it? Yeah, or not. I mean, this is the thing, you know, we, we, we've we kind of expect that Saracens Academy is going to fill the gaps. But the wonderful thing about rugby, about any sport, when these kids come through, they might look amazing at the age of 18, 19, but people develop at different rates. And there's no guarantee of an academy player becoming the greatest player in the world. And I think when it comes to the, the, the difference between that sort of university level and the pro level, it's all about want and it's all about mental, yeah, uh, and that mental edge when it comes mental edge in training to push yourself that little bit harder, discipline in not going out and partying and um, following the, the the coach's kind of regime, and and actually there aren't that many kind of Johnny Wilkinsons that that train that hard and behave that well <laughs> and and play that well on a on a weekend off the back of it so yeah it's, it it is it's a big big change big step up for for any any youngster to 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 go into that professional arena and that's where the the squad and I'm hoping that that Skivington's kind of done that with with Gloucester because You've, you've got those kids, if they've got loads and loads of potential and they come out of the academy and it's like party central, then they can potentially lose the, that opportunity. So if we've got that right mentality where straight off the bat, it's training, training, playing, training, training, playing, and they've got, you know, and they, and they don't look to party at every opportunity, um, we, could have the, we could have the best, we could have the best squad in the league. But similarly, we could have the worst. It, I mean, it, until we get to Christmas, we haven't got a bloody clue, have we? No, we don't. I mean, in terms of injuries, just ahead of... We'll, we'll move on to the, the women's side in a second. Um, the only injury sort of worry for the first team, anyway. I mean, there were a few knocks for some of the academy lads. But so the only injury that um, really might have an effect on Saturday's game against Northampton is that Jamal Ford-Robinson got knocked up out. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah, he was... Uh, 
he was seeing stars um, or Tweety Birds. I don't know what he was seeing, but he was he he wasn't uh, he 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 got up a bit groggy. Fair play to him. Um, and um, you know, not the ideal present on your birthday, getting knocked out uh, in Coventry. But um, frustratingly, because he also nearly scored one of the best prop tries I've ever seen. Oh. Uh, and then, uh, and then, uh, as he put it on Instagram, it you know uh, the the lad who tackled him, mate, come on, you you had a prop about to run it in from 20, 22 meters. You, you went, you, you chased him back and tackled. It's not fair. It's not fair. That's, uh, so anyway, rude, isn't it? it is rude. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we'll we'll move on to the women, uh, the Gloucester women's or Gloucester Hartbury, I should say, uh, women's team, um, who started the season. Uh, and I apologise actually because I know that obviously we we do try as much as possible to kind of highlight the, the 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 women's team and and what they get up to. Um, and um, in their first week, they played um, Durham DMP Sharks. Sharks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what was the final score? Eighty four nil, wasn't it? It was. I mean, I called it as soon as the fixture list yeah. came out. I said, "Oh, we'll be top of the league by the end of the weekend." Yeah. Because last season, Durham got a couple of wins, just about. They were, they were poor, mm. um, and it is women against girls, in in, in their kind of, in, yeah. in, in their matches, and I'm kind of amazed that they stayed up. Um, obviously, it's kind of a bit of a closed shot, but I I thought, you know, the health and safety exec might get involved and say that it's not safe for them to be there. Yeah, I um, think I and, think we and, might find that changes in a few years' time. I suppose. Yeah, last weekend, I mean, God, they mm. it was just tro- I, my Twitter was just going ping, 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 ping. It was try, 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 um, which is not good for Gloucester. Uh, Gloucester, the, no. the Gloucester, the Gloucester Hartbury team. Yeah, they can all give each other high fives and cheer and stuff, but actually, it's it's not good for the team. They're not really learning anything. They're not growing as a side just running in tries left right and center um and for a team you know that have gone through a bit of pre-season and like right okay it's a new season it's a new start we can do better than last year getting thumped like that yeah um yeah it's 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 not good it's not good for the game it's not good for the players and i kind of i kind of hope that that they can improve massively in, in, the, in the next few weeks so that they, they don't have that. Cause I would hate for a team to be getting beaten by those sorts of numbers every week. That would be absolutely horrible. Um, but yeah, moving on, to, moving on to this weekend, um, I was so close to going. I, I really was. Um, I had stuff on, on Saturday. It was um, my ex boss's retirement due. And I kind of, I kind of need to be there. I've got um, gifts to give him. Yeah. Um, and in hindsight, I probably could just about have managed to squeeze in going and then racing off there. But I do try and squeeze too much into my life as it is. So <laughs> um, I probably chose the right option, just um, paying attention on social. And and all I got was, you know, um, we were winning 10-0 at half time. Sounded pretty yeah. good. Sounded like we had a really good defensive set towards the end of the half um, and t- to keep them out. and then. And then Twitter went dead, like the whole second half, there was mm. nothing. And I was like, oh, that's, yeah, that's, that's not so good. And it might have just been me not really paying attention because um, um, I'm scrolling through it now and I actually did a tweet quite a lot. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it was like, 
we were winning comfortably and then we weren't winning comfortably in typical Gloucester style when it gets to sort of uh, 70 minutes. And then there was a bit of a controversial, they score. Yeah. And then we got a penalty and I believe kicked the penalty for a line out and then the referee blew up for full time. Yeah, I think it was a not straight, wasn't it? Was that right? A not straight. Well, a minute early, apparently. A minute earlier. Is that well? Um, And I I wasn't there. I I, I asked the question. I've asked the question on Twitter, and it seems strange that um, when when you ask certain questions, you get a reply within seconds, and you ask different questions, and you don't get a reply at all. Mm. So I think maybe the the Gloucester Hartbury um, social guys are just behaving themselves and not. yeah, contacting their lawyers. <laughs> yeah, not trying to moan about refereeing, which is very, um, you know, very good of them, because um, you don't want to be doing that, to be honest. But maybe it just shows a little bit of the of the difference in in standard of officiating in in the women's and the men's games. Yeah, because um, we would have we would have a stop clock, we would have fourth officials overseeing that. Yeah, and and we would also have, you know, very clear communication between between player and official um, and that there wouldn't be kicking the, you know, kicking the ball out. Um, well, if, if, if a penalty is awarded and you kick it out, it's, it's, it doesn't matter it's, it's whether it's the, game, the, game the, continues, the, the clock could be on 120 and it's still a line out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was just, it's just a bit, um, a bit frustrating actually, because I, I really did think that the, that the women would have a really, really good season this year. They've got a lot of um, quality youngsters, um, probably more so than, um, you know, the, the, the men's team. They've really invested in youth. Yeah. They, they, they see that as being, um, as being the way forward. So, so hopefully they can bounce back and, and, and get back to winning ways and, and stay in that top, you know, Top, top four, of the table. yeah, get top four, get the playoffs, and see we'll see what happens, isn't it? I think you know, as we went to the Quinn Saracens final last year, and the, you know, I've watched a bit of women's rugby here and there, and I have to be honest, the quality of the final last year was marked compared to mm. some of the yeah. stand, the general games you watch. You Saracens, know, was, the Saracens and the Quinns sides were a bit stand out better than everyone else. Yeah, um, and it would be great if it can all be a little bit tighter. Um, hmm. I mean, uh, especially as a as, as an impartial observer, you, you you would you would love it if if all games are real humdingers with with the scoreline, you know, going either way, and you don't yeah. know who's going to win it. If when and Gloucester are playing, you just want them to win, and you don't want any worry and concern about who's <laughs> going to. But yeah, I I, I think um, the games are being uh, streamed as well. I haven't actually seen any of them yet, which is really terrible, but. Um, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm hoping that, that 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 just keeps on continuing because we, we kind of had it with a bit of COVID. It was free, it was free entry um, at the Owl Pass at Hartbury. Yeah. Um, at the weekend, which probably wasn't the reason that I was really thinking about going. Actually, if they'd have been charging five ten quid a ticket, I'd have probably still thought about it just as much. But it's 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 frustrating. It takes me four minutes to to cycle to Kingsome, and. To, to get to Hartbury, clearly it's going to take me a bit longer. So I think I'm hoping that they they haven't announced which games are going to be at um, King's Home yet, but I'm hoping they play a few that that are, are easily accessible um, for me. I'm not at work or away at a Gloucester away game or something like that. I think that that would be that would be really good just to try and get a little bit of uh, a bit of interest because 
King's Home is more accessible to the vast majority of people than, than Hartbury. I should uh, just a quick note actually on this on women's rugby. Uh, we um, we both know a few of the girls who play for Cheltenham Tigers uh, women's rugby, uh, who scored a fantastic victory over Bath women uh, in the last pre-season game of the season uh, for the season starts. Um, so well done them. Always nice to get one over Bath. So well done. Um, and um, and that'll probably do it for this week, Jim. I think we'll be. We might as well do just me and you. We'll preview briefly the uh, the Northampton game. We'll go and do. Who do you think? What do you think? Are we going to get a bonus point? Are we going to win? Are we going to win with a bonus point? Are we going to get I nothing? A bl- I haven't a bloody <laughs> clue. It I is don't difficult. know. I and I, I haven't a clue what they've been doing Northampton. Um, I don't know what their preseason fixtures have been. I don't know what their comings and goings players wise have been. I've been. I haven't really paid a lot of attention to other sides actually. Mm. Um, and and I and I, I I just hope that we've been really keeping our cards close to our chest as well with regards to all the plays and stuff that we've had over the last few weeks in preseason. It's going to be a it's going to be a cracking game. It's going to be loads of nerves because it's kind of uh, you know you're, the first game of the league. What you don't want to do is you don't want to mess it up. Um, so I think kicking goal kicking is going to be super important. If you get opportunities to score points, you've got to take them. And it will probably be the team that makes the least mistakes yeah. rather than the the most chances that wins. Yeah, I'm just looking here for you. Um, they beat they they narrowly beat um, Ospreys uh, over the weekend. Um, and how, how good are Ospreys? <laughs> you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then I'm just going back through their other their other games. It's um, again as uh, yeah, they want they they beat Ospreys 31-26 at the weekend. Um, and I'm looking at their squad. They played. Yeah, I'm looking at their. <laughs> they were twenty-one-seven up at half time, apparently. Um, so you know, I. I it's difficult to judge. I, I, I'm of the opinion that, as you said, the, the, the team with the least mistakes is going to win. Um, I think it, it's all. It probably will come down to the pack if we can keep, um, if we can dominate. Because last year we really dominated them up front, um, away particularly. You know, we really, really dominated them up front and 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 gave them a good stuff in really overall. Now we don't have the likes of Reese Summit and Harris who were excellent in that game. So, you know, it's going to be a difficult one. But I, I, I'm I'm always confident first game of the season. You know, you always think you're going to win the league. Um, you, ha- you have to be confident because if you're not confident, then you're what's the point? pessimistic. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, I, I, and I, I think we will know we will know so much more about how the season's going to pan out by yeah. the end of the weekend. Um, yeah, and, I think we'll one, one game doesn't make a season, but no. we're, we're going to know a lot more. I think we'll know a lot more by half time. Probably. Yeah. And I just hope we're still in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Prefer- preferably in the lead, preferably 15, 20 points up. But let's be honest, let's not get carried away. Uh, right. On that note, thank you very much, Jim. Appreciate your time. Um, and uh, we will all catch up next week. Everyone should be back, I believe, next week for our first proper one of the season where we're going to be talking about a, a, the inevitable doom and gloom or the inevitable getting carried away and we're going to win the league. And yeah, um, 
have fun, all those Gloucester supporters that are making the trip. Yes, yes. Uh, they're not, not joining one this time. Um, and um, what we will do is, I promise, when we've got everyone back, we will start doing the away fixture um, tips and, and, and uh, hints. It's a bit difficult with only me and Jim because I think yeah. we know the same places. <laughs> so. Yeah, and do you know what? North, Northampton is a place I've been to loads, but I don't think I've been anywhere other than Franklin's Gardens when I've yeah, been. Yeah, same. I mean, same I really, me. really haven't been to local pubs, haven't yeah. stayed overnight, um, haven't seen the sites at all. Uh, and that would be quite interesting if, if people have done um, because... I'm sure there's an awful lot of lovely places to go in Northampton that would be nice to visit. 